Welcome to Untangle, the podcast from Five Star App Meditation Studio and Muse, the brain sensing headband. I am Patricia Carpus, your host, along with my co host every other week, Muse co founder Ariel Garten. With this new year, we just launched a new Muse called Muse S, which features a comfortable, soft fabric headband. It gives you real time feedback on your brain, heart, breath, and body during meditation and also includes new features designed to help lull you to sleep. You can check it out at choosemuse.com. In today's episode, I interview best-selling author and change expert, MJ Ryan. MJ's most recent book is called Habit Changers, 81 Game-Changing Mantras to Mindfully Realize Your Goals. If you've ever made a list of New Year's resolutions only to drop them in week three, you'll wanna hear this interview. MJ is chock full of ideas and proven methods for turning negative habits into positive ones. Her 81 game-changing mantras are intended to inspire new ideas and behaviors. The book itself is a game-changer and one that you'll want to have on your bedside if you want to make positive changes in your life this year. Now, here's MJ. MJ, welcome to Untangle. I'm so happy to be with you, Patricia. Very excited to have you here and to talk about your new book called Habit Changers, 81 Game-Changing Mantras to Mindfully Realize Your Goals. Uh, I love this book. I loved reading it. And I especially love it because I know how hard it is for people to change. And I know that this has been a huge, huge piece of your business as an executive coach and as part of many of the... Uh, books that you've written. And I, can you talk a little bit to start about how you got into, first of all, being an executive coach, and then why working on changing our behaviors is so important to our productivity and focus? I actually started when uh, I was I was a book publisher, and I published in the personal growth, women's issues, leadership categories. And I got more and more fascinated with all of that. And ultimately I decided that rather than just write and publish books on the subject, I wanted to work more directly with people. I'd get all these letters saying, you've helped me, but it was it seemed very indirect. So I sold my company and I started doing this work that I've been doing now for, uh, this is my 16th year. Wow. Yeah, and so I've done this a lot too now. And I work with entrepreneurs and executives and individuals around the world helping them change. And so because I want to be as useful as possible, I mean, the best thing a human being can say to me is that was helpful. So I want to be as helpful as possible. And to be helpful, I've done a lot of research uh, on what helps people change and why is it so darn hard? Right. And about 10 years ago, I wrote a book called This Year I Will, which was my compilation of everything I thought I knew uh, about change and how you create habits uh, that stick. And so I thought that was that, I'm done with that. And then I wrote a book on surviving change you didn't ask for, which is the reverse problem. <laughs> but ultimately I had an experience with a client that helped me come up with this new technique, which is extremely simple and unbelievably helpful. So I had to do a new book. Tell us like what is happening in the brain that makes us repeat the same behaviors when we really wish we could change them. So what happened is that so much of what we do in a day, in fact, the estimates are up to 90%, is automatic. It comes from a part of our brain called the basal ganglia, which is where habit lives. 
And it's a good thing because we don't have to think about how do you brush your teeth? How do I drive my car? You know, remember when you had to learn those things? It was a lot of work. Right. Um, and and it took up a lot of brain space. Now put your foot down on the brake. Now look out the rear rear mirror. So what happens is when, when we're learning things, we're first in the, what's called conscious learning, and then more and more it gets automatic. And then it, eventually it's completely invisible to us. We just do it. And this is great for things like cars and teeth. But the problem comes when it, there are habits that we don't want, <laughs> or there are habits that we don't have good habits that we have not ever created, um, then we're, we're stuck because the old programming override it is automatic. So we, we say, I wasn't going to say that and you do, or you say you was, I was going to speak up at this meeting and you don't. Um, and, or you say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to exercise every day and you don't. So why is that? It's because the old behavior to be quiet, to not, to, uh, say mean things or whatever it is, that's your issue, um, is overrides your intention because you have not created the pathway and you haven't practiced enough to make it automatic. Yeah, you say in the book, you end up doing the same old thing, not because you're weak, but because you're on automatic pilot. And that these one-liners in the book, when you call them your 81 game-changing mantras, they work because they override that automatic system. Yes, because what I came up with, so one day this, I was working with this guy who was told by his manager that he was the worst boss that his, that his people had ever had. Oh God, <laughs> that's and not he, good. And he, so he was sent to me, which is not very common. People, people typically opt in, but he, he was sent to me and to learn how to delegate better. And um, what I, I, it turned out he was a really great guy. It's just that he had not, he had had training and uh, to be a certain kind of boss. And now he was in a culture in which he needed to be, do it differently. And um, so I was yammering on one day about how you delegate. And he looked at him and he goes, wait, 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 wait. I just need this much simpler. I'm busy and I won't remember. And so I said, okay, look, tell them what they need to do and why, but not how to do it. That's up to them. So he said, okay, say what and why, not how. I can do that. So he started saying to himself, say what and why, not how, every time he met with this person. And he put it up so he remembered. He had a little card. He made a tiny, tiny little card for his wallet. And um, and he changed. He changed completely. He changed so completely that he got a promotion by the time we were finished working together. So that's where it came from. <laughs> right. Okay. So these are slogans. You can call them slogans. You can call them mantras. And, but they have action in them. They're very different from an affirmation. Yes. That, so, you know, an affirmation might say, I'm calm, I'm collected. These are not affirmations. These have a reminder to do something. Yes. You just describe what an affirmation is. It's like, to me, they're actually quite useless because if you're not calm and you say to yourself, I am calm, I am peaceful, the part of you that's not is going, no, you're not. Obviously, you're failing. What's more useful is, in my, to my mind, is the reminder of what you want to be or what you want to do. Because go back to the guy, say what and why not how, then he remembers, oh, that's how I need to do this thing that I don't remember how to do, right? So these are techniques for more consciousness, more mindfulness, essentially. What I also like about this is that, you know, so many people 
all of us, we read books or we listen to podcasts and we get this information, but you know, you have another great quote in the book that says, knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in the muscle. And, and so I think that this, these repetitive mantras really have the power to change our behaviors and to, as you're saying, to create these new pathways. And so as long as they're teamed with a few other techniques. So, so one of the actions that we have to do when we want to change something is, first of all, we have to actually have a strong why. Why do you want to do this thing? Like a lot of people, the reason change efforts also fail is because we think, oh, I'd like this and I'd like that. And, and you give yourself a million things you're trying to do. And the problem is that your brain, it's a lot of work to change even one thing. And, we, and we're not being conscious enough in the moment of that. And so then we fail at the ball and then we beat ourselves up, right? Mm, right. So the first thing is to be focused on a specific one. Pick one thing that you really want. I was just at a book signing and this woman was looking through, my, through this book, Habit Changers, and saying, oh, I want to work with this one. I want to work with this one. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, pick one. And then she said, well, how do you pick? And I said, pick the one that you care the most about changing, right? Once you decide to do this, it's work at yeah. the beginning. It's work until it becomes automatic. What's the work? Is it just repeating it to yourself or what's the what, the what work is, is remembering and and doing right? Okay. It's not just to remember to say to yourself, but it's actually then doing it in the moment. Right. Another example is um, for people who want to work on becoming more positive, more optimistic and less negative. One of the ones that I often use and is reach for the better thought. Mm, right. Yes. And that implies the work. It's like so these have to be general enough so that they apply to you in your circumstance, but specific enough that you remember what to do. Essentially, that's that's the trick of them. So, because, so what's it, in any circumstance, the, you don't know what the better thought is until you're in the circumstance and you're thinking your normal gloom and doom thoughts, right? Right. And the reach for the better thought reminds you that you actually, because it's not yet a habit, you have to actually work to think about what the better thought might be, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and you then you have to go, okay, what would a better thought be? Oh, I can get through this. I can survive even though I don't feel like I can right now, something like that. Okay, and I got to reach for it because I got my brain has to do some work to come up with that because the normal habit is this is terrible, this is awful, and I'm, you know, I'm never going to survive as an example. Right. Well, it kicks you out of automatic pilot for sure. And the other thing that it does, which is what meditation teaches us is it creates a pause moment yes. so that you're responding versus again being on that automatic pilot with that first reaction that comes to mind and that's i feel like where it may have some really 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 powerful benefit absolutely so the trick is to remember so first of all you got to want to do it you're going to pick one thing let's say you look through the book and you find the one that you want great yay you're going to say this but remember, it's not a habit yet. So you've got to put it somewhere you can see it. Right. <laughs> right? Okay. Right. Um, and you, so you might want to put it on a card or you might, if you don't want anyone knowing what you're working on, you could put a dot of color on your phone or your computer. That would be the reminder of the slogan, even with though without, so no one knows what it exactly is, but you've got to have some kind of trigger. So you go, oh yeah, right. I was going to remember to do this. Right. So that's the reminder. And the other thing is that when you actually pair these things, are you familiar with the work about the uh, the research that's been done on the uh, Wonder Woman pose? Oh, yes. I, Amy Cuddy? Yes. Yes. Okay. But right. please uh, tell our audience as well. Yeah. 
So what Amy Cuddy discovered is that when people stand in the pose like Wonder Woman, so legs <laughs> spread apart, right. on standing. Hands on, standing on hands on the hips, they for just a few seconds, I can't remember the number, it's 45 or some number like that, you feel more confident. Right? right. And right. you feel more powerful and you do better in interviews, et cetera, et cetera, any place where you need to have confidence. And she's shown by research, this is really true. So part of what I suggest here is that you pair these with a gesture. So when they're, when you're wanting more confidence type gestures, you don't have to stand like Wonder Woman, actually just sitting up straight has the same effect <laughs> with your shoulders back, they found. Um, if you want to be softer and kinder, you're working on patience, you're working on uh, reducing anger, you're, you know, you're working on being uh, more collaborative or, or gentle in your communication, then you might want something that's a, you know, like a, that's a hand on touching your heart or something like that. So, but actually whatever one that you come up with for you is the most useful. And if when you pair them together, again, it's, it's more effective because you're getting a visual, your auditory and kinesthetic experience with them. Because you're saying this thing, you have a, some kind of visual to remind you and you also have a gesture. So you're focusing on one thing that you really want to change. You're yeah. creating your slogan, you're yeah. creating- or using one of mine, yep. <laughs> or using one of yours, uh, you're creating a visual reminder and then you're pairing it with a gesture. And these are sort of the, the toolkit, if you will, that pulls it all together. Okay, along with a couple different ad ad Attitudes. attitudes. Okay, right? great, great, great. And the ad, so the next thing is to remember that you're going to forget. <laughs> you're you're going to blow it. You're going to say you're going to do this and then you forget to do this, right? And so the, the trick here is don't turn goof ups into give ups. That's, that's been a slogan of mine since, um, since I wrote this year, I will. Well, is that the same as sort of, as, as saying, forgive yourself and move on? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Well, yeah. it's not just, and try again, it's more, it's more like get back on the horse, right? Because, because the only reason, the only difference between people who actually change and people who don't is that when, when you blow it, you don't give up. You just say, uh-oh, blew it, forgot, okay, today, this moment's a new moment starting again right now. That's the only difference. So I'm going to step back for one second and let everybody know that um, MJ is one of the most sought-after executive coaches in the country, and she works with uh, many, many high-level executives and entrepreneurs, et cetera. Do you find that a lot of people have that problem? That they oh, yeah. give up? Oh, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Is that one of the biggest problems is that we sort of beat ourselves up and don't forgive ourselves and lose it at that moment. Yes, absolutely. We've forgotten what we knew when we were kids, which was learning is just a, is a process and you don't do it right in the beginning. And the more you practice, the better you get. We get to a certain point in our lives and we forget what, because there's so much that we do know. Right. <laughs> uh, um, and we've forgotten the process of learning. Um, and we think being mean to her, some of the most really interesting work that on this comes from Kristen Neff, who is the expert on self-compassion. And she talks about why, when we blow it, do we beat ourselves up, right? Mm -hmm. And sh she said it's actually because um, the amygdala, which is the threat system in our brain that's very primitive, it's about the age of a two-year-old, is actually trying to protect us. It's trying to help us. And that when we said we're going to do something and then we don't do it, it perceives ourselves to be the threat that it wants to get, to get rid of. 
Oh, that's so interesting. That makes so much sense, right? Yeah, exactly. We we are threatened by our own behavior, and so they, therefore the the amygdala goes, "I'm going to fight you. I'm going to beat you up, so that you'll get back with the program." Right? So we have to retrain the amygdala. Well, we I don't think we can retrain the amygdala. We have to we have to notice that the amygdala is doing its thing and go to a different system. And her system is you have to go to the attached system of the brain where compassion and self-compassion live. Therefore, how can you be kind to yourself when you blow it? Even though your first instinct from the amygdala is to beat yourself up, how can you be kind to yourself instead? Because actually that's more motivating, right? It's just like if you had a friend who just blew something and you'd say, oh, you poor thing, I'm so sorry, but you know, you've done it so well in the last three weeks and look how much, you know, how far you've come and you'd say all kinds of encouraging things, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Right. And so it's treating ourselves in that same way. And, and uh, her research shows that when we touch our hearts, either with one or two hands, we trigger the attached system, which uh, like think about uh, which we share with primates. And uh, so think of like baby monkeys clinging on to their moms and we flood our bodies with oxytocin. So it's it's one of the feel good hormones. It's the love one. And uh, so when we do that, then we have more resilience to keep on going. When someone makes you angry or annoys you constantly, you say that they're your teacher. This is my teacher. This is my teacher. And I think so many people wonder why that makes them feel better when somebody is causing them pain or making them angry. And so do you see that that works for people to look at this other person as a potential teacher or absolutely yes I, I think it's partly it's because it puts us it put us in a larger context right it's it reminds us that we're here to learn and grow and that actually every single experience we have in our lives with people and, and with life uh is an opportunity to learn that's all in fact that's kind of all it is well yeah <laughs> and so so when we say this person is my teacher we remind ourselves oh yeah here's a learning opportunity because i'm getting really annoyed or frustrated so there must be something for me to learn here right and then you also say you need to take a little responsibility you've got um this phrase in your book this one's for you if like me you think it's the other person's fault when you get angry, annoyed, or frustrated. If you think you made me mad, it's your fault. I'm so upset if you hadn't done this or that. Um, I think that's a really common one, too, is to look at your own responsibility in any situation. Absolutely. And this was one that was really hard for me. It was. In my, in my first relationship, I was, always, I was very big on... Um, you did this to me right. you made me feel bad and like that right and so i had to really learn oh my response is my responsibility that's that's what that that's the slogan for that that's the habit changer for that it's my response is my responsibility um you know you yeah you may have done something that was not so nice or whatever but how i res- i am free to respond in the in the best way possible right 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 um and then you've got another one for this is in a different section. This is in the fear section. Um, when you're facing a scary situation, something like a divorce, a difficult medical diagnosis, the prospect of changing careers, and you get overwhelmed by fear, which I think happens to so many people, what then? What, what do you suggest then? 
Well, it depends on, um, uh, you know, on who you are, and maybe you've got some techniques for that. But um, the two that I suggest here are actually both concepts that come from Buddhism. Um, one, both from Buddhist teachers. One is to go down to the base of the tree. That's a Thich Nhat Hanh technique. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how, you know, at the top, in a storm, at the top of the tree is blowing all over the place, but at the bottom, the base, it's still, right? Right? And so how, or he also has the top of the ocean, bottom of the ocean, same thing, right? And so if you go down to the base of the tree, to me, reminds me of what can I count on in the midst of this hard thing? Even though I am afraid, what do I have that's stable in my life? What do I have that I can count on no matter what? You know, when you were talking about going down to the base of the tree, it reminds me of on our meditation studio app in the confidence section, there is a, a, my favorite meditation on the entire app is a meditation by Elisha Goldstein called Mountain Strength. And it's mm -hmm. absolute, like it's so similar that, you know, it, he just reminds you with this guided visualization to remember that the mountain stands still and steady regardless of what's happening in and around it. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I love having those kinds of visualizations when you're you're feeling afraid or or you know sort of haunted by what's going on in your life. I've had a number of clients on their own actually do that exact thing. The ones they've done for themselves with visual images are mountains. Right? I'm like a I'm like I'm like a mountain. Having been doing this work for so many years, what are some of the other slogans that you think resonate most? with the people that come to you? Well, I have a, I work a lot with people around anger and, and the fight or flight response of which anger is the fight of the stress response. And so, you know, I'm always coming up with ones around that because, because I'm working with a lot of people who are really, you know, need to learn how to be more regulated in their anger. And the, the one that works it's very, very simple, and it's it's the technique for stop, breathe, rewind. It's just so, and the people typically imagine a stop light or a stop sign, right? Yes. When they think stop, and it's like okay, breathing. Well, when you when you do slow, deep breaths, you actually rise the relaxation response and down the um, down the stress response, and then rewind, like go back to what happened, where you were before this you're about to explode, right? And say the right, you know, say something more skillful. <laughs> right. Tell me about authenticity. Do you have a lot of people that are in business situations that are struggling with being true to themselves and sort of somebody wants them to be a certain way and they're feeling very uncomfortable with the way that somebody else wants them to be? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I think it's. I think more often it's it's people who are coming to the realization that they can't work for this organization anymore, you know, and that they have to strike out on their own, right? That they either need to quit and do something else, or start their own business, or, you know, and there's a lot of fear around that, right? Because it it's letting go of the security blanket. <laughs> and going out and taking a really big risk. And um, so one of the ones that helps people a lot with that is walk your own path. It reminds you, oh yeah, what path is mine to walk, right? What, what am I here to do? What am I here to give? What am I here to learn? And what, therefore, what is my path, right? And because and, you don't want to end up in your life to have, having lived the whole thing and thinking, oh, I lived somebody else's life or I walked someone else's path. 
even today, I'm so shocked by the number of people who say to me things like, and I say, well, how did you get into doing this? They either just fell into it or they, they were really encouraged by some strong person in their life, right? So they end up doing things that they don't even know that they ever wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. I have a friend now that's looking for a job and as she's crafting her resume, she's realizing that she doesn't, she has all of this information that she can put on her resume, but she doesn't like anything that she's done before. Yeah. Uh, and that's a real challenge, I think. Uh, so how would you talk to, a, let's say, someone in their 20s and 30s about that issue of authenticity and sort of finding something that's a little truer to themselves versus what somebody else has directed them to do? Yeah, well, people come to me to me all the time for this question, yes. I think. Right. I mean, that's part of what most a lot of what I'm doing. And, you know, we work on a lot of things, but we really look at, you know, well, well what are you good at doing? What do you love to do? You know, I learned this acronym from um, my teacher many years ago, which is live L.I.V. What do you love to do? I stands for inner gifts. What are you good at doing? B stands for values, meaning what matters to you on behalf of what do you want to use what you're good at doing and love to do? And E and E stands for what are the environments that bring out the best in you? So we go through a process of looking at those things and hopefully people get a much better sense of what they're here to do. The interesting part of it is it's not usually, sometimes it's like, oh, I want to become a dentist. I mean, I actually never had a dentist, but, <laughs> um, but sometimes it's a specific thing. But generally, it's not like a star. It's like a constellation. We start to understand the constellation of what we're here to do, um, which can be fulfilled in many different ways, right? Um, and so... The challenge is that we typically, because we want to know what the star is, and when instead that's the mystery of our lives, is how to take that constellation and use it, right, in an ongoing way, right? So, so that's why I always tell stories about myself, because I'm an example of that, right? Well, I used to do this, and then I did that, but all of what I love to do, what I'm good at doing, what matters to me, is, is still being used, it's just aimed in a different direction. Well, and it's unfolded throughout yeah. your life. Which of these mantras are your personal mantras that you say every day? The, the one of the ones that is so completely uh, intrinsic to me um, is that people do what people always do. <laughs> I don't get upset by how pe humans behave because it's an acceptance one and it's because people do what people always do. And other people are flabbergasted or angry or upset or whatever. And my thought is, well, people do what people always do. Why are you surprised that they're right. doing it again? Because they did it before. Um, funnily, that was the one that actually got my publisher to publish the book. They read that one and they and I was on the phone. We were doing the pitch and, and they were saying, oh, that's amazing. I mean, I read this last <laughs> week and I've used it a hundred times since then. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's that same, it's like radical acceptance. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us from the book? I mean, this is so, there's so much rich information in this book. I feel like it should be, everyone should have this by their bedside for when they need it. It's just such a great book with so many amazing pieces of information. The the only other thing that I would say in terms of practical tips, so we talked about how to make sure you're make, making the change and being kind to yourself. 
And the last tip is to celebrate your successes. So it isn't just stick to it, but really notice when you're doing it right. Look how far you've come. That is actually one of the habit changes in here is it's a, it's a technique by um, marathon runners, right? They don't look at how far they have left to go. They always look at how far they've already run. And so that helps you create stamina and resilience and stick to itness. And so make sure that you're saying, look, I did it, you know, I, I kept my patience, you know, 10 times in, in the last week. Thanks so much to MJ for her insights and wisdom. You can get more information at mj-ryan.com and her book, Habit Changers, is sold at all major booksellers. Once again, if you have feedback or suggestions for guests, email us at untangle at choosemuse.com. And don't forget to check out Meditation Studio app in the App Store. And for your discounted Muse headband, use promo code untangle15 at choosemuse.com. We'll see you next week.